to another episode of FPL Amateurs of Oz podcast. It's episode 40, so getting to the, the big uh, halfway mark of the 50s. So joining me this week, uh, returning from the depths of um, Melbourne, is my co-host Damo. How are you, mate? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad, man. Now, I knew what you meant there with the halfway point 50, but the way you explained it might need a little bit of work. But uh, <laughs> it's good to be good to be back on after, uh, it's been a while, to be honest with you. I had, uh, obviously, down with the, the spicy cough, COVID, and then the family got sick as well. So, uh, yeah, been, been an up and down... An up and down month, really. So I missed out on all the preseason fun, but uh, yeah, glad to be back and uh, ready for a brand new season. No, well, it's the last time I spoke to you. United got beat by Brighton, and now I'm speaking to you again after United got beat by Brighton. <laughs> it's nice and, to speak uh, consistent. <laughs> I was going to say uh, the more, the more. What's the saying? The more things are. Are different the more they stay the same. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure I said to you we should rename shit the bed the Maguire Award, and um, you said something to me like uh, give him the benefit of the doubt this season. And yeah, <laughs> <laughs> mate, I was right on that bandwagon uh, after mm-hmm. about half an hour, mate. So mm, it's, mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, we might get into how he gone this week, so. For me, probably not the greatest of weeks, but I ended up getting 60 points um, thanks to Captain Salah and um, my defensive line. So um, I thought James played good, got me my seven points. I had Trippier and uh, who else got me? Cancelo. So not too bad. James, Trippier, Cancelo sort of pulled the, the weight for the rest of my side alongside Salah, but... Pretty disappointing week for me. I think I finished the week ranked 3.5 million in the world. So um, not not a great look, but um, it is only early. How do you go, Damo? Yeah, uh, two points better than you. So uh, 62, uh, game week rank of just about three, or just under 3 million. Uh, my sort of... Uh, we've, we've actually got... A relatively different team just lo- looking at uh, yours compared to mine uh, like Ramsdale, James Cancelo uh, both had Salah captain uh, Martinelli, I think you don't have Martinelli, do you? Uh, no, I decided to no, go yeah. Sancho, so that was a great decision <laughs> Man United um, If I don't have Man United player in this season, it'll be a good thing uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, they were my um, they were my sort of point get points getters. But I sort of look at the rest of my side, and I'm I'm pretty happy with the side. Like uh, TAA, Luis Diaz, Neto, Kane, Jesus all blanked. But uh, I can't see them blanking week in week out either. So I'm pretty comfortable where I'm at. Obviously, I'm uh, my only FOMO sort of not having Haaland. Uh, and I don't know whether that's going to sort of <laughs> cost me or not, but I end up going with Kane, and I think I might be sticking with Kane just for a little bit, um, especially now that the the price sort of changes have gone in. I didn't want to really make any changes too early. So, yeah, so we'll see how we go anyway. So two points better than you at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, mate. You're finally king of the pod for one week at least anyway. <laughs> uh, we'll see how we go at the end of the season. Uh, we might touch on quickly our, the podcast team. So our podcast team, Keepy Uppies FC, which my uh, son named, uh, did a lot better than me and you both end up on mm-hmm. 65 points this week. 
Um, the big performers for them was obviously Haaland, Salah, Captain, had Saka, Cancelo, and Ramsdale in goal. So a good um, good day out for the, the podcast community side. So I guess I'll explain a little bit. I um, My son wanted to make a team, but obviously he's only three and a half years old, so he kind of doesn't really know too much about anything. He just knows that he likes Ronaldo and, you know, random other plays that he can't really pronounce. So I said... I thought maybe I'll just get the help of our sort of fantasy amateurs community and uh, put up a few polls and uh, build him aside. And, you know, watching the highlights on the weekend, I was sort of pointing out the players and he was pretty pumped. So um, each week we'll be kind of coming up with a couple of different transfers or just different decisions to make for the side and we'll be getting uh, the community to sort of decide on what, what we do. So, you know, we, we'll have no power in uh, how this side's going to look. It's all going to come down to you know, the fantasy amateurs community and what they decide they want done for the side, which, you know, I think it's going to be pretty funny to see if um, it ends up smashing me and you this year, Damo. Well, given uh, the form of uh, L, uh, what was it? The Was it the Averages team last year? The Oh, um, yeah, the um, Twitter template average. Twi- <laughs> Twitter template average, which pretty much smashed us every week. So it'll be uh, horses for courses. <laughs> <laughs> Now, definitely. Well, we might get on to our podcast league, which is now officially sponsored by Zedbet, who you know has come on and partnered the podcast this season. I've uh, I've known Darren, who you know works for Zedbet for you know quite a number of years, and he's a great fella. Um, always very helpful for you know whenever you had any questions or inquiries, and he's always looked after me. So just randomly, sort of got talking to him and asked if he wanted to jump on board and. You know, he said he'd love to support the podcast any way he could. So I said, you know, he can be our official podcast league sponsor. And we've managed to, you know, get get some prizes, get a jersey for this season. And, you know, the winner of the league is going to get to pick what jersey they want from the Premier League and, you know, get it sent out to you. So I'm hopefully going to win the league and I can get myself a West Ham <laughs> jersey to wipe my bottom. Um, just the feel of the fabric would be would be nice. Um but, yeah, uh, if you have any questions, head over to our website. We've got all the details of Darren. Um, send him an email. He'll be able to sort you out and, um, you know, look after you as you are a member of our community. So I've told him that you know, every person that uh, listens to our pod that sort of wants to head over and check out what he's about and, you know, if they want to sign up for an account or not, it's up to them. But, you know, he's going to look after you as sort of one of the family. So definitely go check it out. But might just get into how our top five look in the, the podcast league at the moment. So we're looking at first place. We've got uh, Hasni FC on 82 points. We've got Barca in second place on 81 points. We've got Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> it's a great name. <laughs> uh, on 81 points. And FPL EJ sitting in fourth on 80 points. And then we've got Klops and Robbers in fifth on 79 so, points. So you're telling me that FPL Planner is not in number one spot at the moment. Not at the moment, so it's uh, it's uh, definitely a shock to see. It's definitely a new season then, definitely new season. <laughs> and I'm not even going to talk about where I'm coming. I think we're first or something. But, yeah, um, I think I was about thirty something. That's right. We'll have to uh, we'll have to improve on that uh, in the next couple couple of weeks. No, nah, definitely. So stay tuned. Hopefully. Um, You'll see me and Damo flying up the ranks, but, you know, it's all about the community, our league. So, you know, I'm happy to um, let people win our league if it gives them happiness. And I'm all about what's best for everyone else. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, we might uh, head into the games now. So we'll start off the Arsenal 1-0 win against Crystal Palace. Um, I sort of thought Jesus looked good early on and I was sort of sitting back going, you know, he's going to score 20 goals. Like he just looked amazing in that first 10 minutes. But they kind of didn't really, outside of obviously Martinelli's goal and then maybe one or two chances after that, they didn't really do too much. And I sort of thought Palace were probably the better side for about 60% of that game and, you know, probably should have scored, which... You know, it was real disappointing to see because a lot of people did get in Zinchenko and, you know, it killed me when they got the clean sheet and you got all the bonus. So I thought Jesus looked good. Martinelli looked good in patches. I'm still not sold on the double up of the the Arsenal attack. Just, I'm just, yeah, I just think money, I know, spread across different sides because, you know, if they do have a game like they did against Palace where, you know, they start off good, but then, you know, not too much attack. I think you're going to end up getting burnt. But I thought Zaha and Eze looked amazing. Probably should have at least finished with a couple of attacking returns between them. But I think once their fixtures do open up, I think one of those assets are going to be um, someone to look at. But outside of that, I thought Zinchenko was all right in patches. But, yeah, that's about it for me, Damo. Did you, anyone that you liked, mate? Yeah, well, firstly, I think you have to have a little bit of a lie down because it was 2-0 to, to oh, Arsenal. Oh, sorry. Oh, but, uh, my bad. <laughs> it was an own, uh, uh, it's easy to miss because it was an own goal. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering so why Gwe, I lie down. Yeah, <laughs> Gwehi scored an, uh, an own goal. But, um, look, Arsenal looked, I watched, um, obviously watched the game and um, uh, being the well, first game of the season, and Arsenal looked good probably for the first 35 minutes. So for the first 35 minutes, they looked real, real good. Um, uh, in terms of, like, I agree with the uh, Jesus sentiment. You know, he looked really good early and then sort of faded away uh, later. Uh, Martinelli, for me, is uh, the best sort of 6.0 in the game. If And again, like, if you don't have Martinelli, I wouldn't necessarily you know throw throw out uh, your teams just to get him in but uh, I think he's going to be sort of your best 6.0 in the game uh, in terms of who I'm sort of keeping an eye on in in us in the Arsenal side as you sort of mentioned in terms of Zinchenko with Tierney returning to uh, the side Zinchenko may be pushed up into the midfield and having that sort of defender that uh <clears throat> that all uh, defensive player that plays in in the midfield uh might be actually decent for uh, FPL returns given that uh clean sheets he gets the clean sheet bonus yeah uh so that's sort of one to watch now the only concern is when Tierney comes in that they rotate if that's not the case, then I'd be I'd be going for Zinchenko almost straight away. Um, I've got yeah. sort of Perisic, Perisic in my bench or on my bench for this week, which I think was the only mistake in terms of who I picked in my lineup. Uh, I sort of saw saw late, well, a bit too late that um, he may not start, and I couldn't change him, but. Uh, Zinchenko is probably the one that I'm sort of looking at to replace um, Perisic. Uh, obviously, I'd need to. I've got three Arsenal at the moment, so I'd need to do a bit more of a rate. Uh, well, a bit of a fixing up of my side, but uh, he's definitely one that's sort of looking at. Uh, in terms of um, Palace, uh, basically the same as you in terms of Ezi and Zaha. I wouldn't be looking at them until I sort of hit my first wild card. 
uh, and for me, basically, their fixtures open up between sort of that game week 12 and 18. So not Palace assets for now, but really um, a couple to sort of keep your eye on, especially um, Ezzy, who who actually looks, um, he looks like a real promising talent. Yep. No, definitely. He, um, I think last season, because he did have a bit of hype around him, but then he got mm. injured and he was out for quite a long period of time. So, I mean, this is the first full preseason he's had in about two years that he's been able to sort of showcase what he can do. Yeah. But we might get on to our next game, which was uh, Liverpool and Fulham. So I kind of – I picked um, Fulham to score and it was going to be a Mitrovic header, which, you know, come to – fruition which I um was probably expecting a few more goals from um Liverpool though but touching on um Fulham I thought Mitrovic was pretty good up front he actually surprised me I sort of thought he was just more of a, a goal uh like a goal area poacher but you know he showed a lot of um skills he beat a few players did a couple of uh tricks and um you know it finished the match with um two goals had three shots one big chance created so I thought he was just relentless up top. Fort Andreas is really good going forward, sparked a lot of Fulham's attack. Um, but yeah, I think um, what intrigues me about this performance from Fulham is that it's going to be even more exciting when Harry Wilson comes back from injury because I thought that he would have been, you know, very good in this this type of game. I thought, you know, he actually probably could have lifted them to two or three points this game if he had played. But um, definitely makes Fulham look a lot more. I guess, intriguing as assets because, you know, we're always going to sort of maybe jump on Mitrovic when their fixtures were good. But now kind of looking at it going, maybe it's worth getting on before the fixtures are good because, you know, they looked actually pretty decent in attack. But Liverpool, I thought Darwin was a game changer when he come on. I thought that um, Liverpool were a little bit flat for, you know, a good 50% of that game. Um, you know, he come on, had four shots, got one goal, two chances created and one big chance created. So, he did um, provide a lot of go for when he did come on, and I think there's a good chance that he'll be starting the next game. I thought Salah was pretty quiet in the first half, but then, you know, a little bit of luck in the second half got, got his goal and assist. So I was pretty happy as a captainer, but, you know, outside that, I Trent and Robbo had quiet games. They both had their moments in attack, but, you know, for me, I still am only convinced on going one, not both. Just I think you're putting your eggs in the basket and, you know, showed against Fulham there, you know, two clean sheet killers there. But um, outside of that, is there anything you'd like to add, Dami? Is there anyone that sort of you had your eye on, mate? Yeah, well, other than what you sort of said, I think the biggest question from uh, FPL casuals will be, why can't we have more than three Liverpool players? <laughs> uh, like, obviously, the, the defensive... Um, the defensive lineup didn't sort of perform this week, but uh, you know, TAA, Robbo, um, Salah, Diaz, Darwin like, literally, we could have if we were allowed to uh, a team with almost half Liverpool players. Like, they're, they're going to explode <laughs> in terms of FPL uh, points, and it's gonna it'll almost be a case of uh, either being able to sort of swap easily between them, which is not, again, not easy to do. Um, definitely uh, Darwin Nunes, um, or uh, as I like to call him, Crocodile Dundee. Uh, 
<laughs> the croc. <laughs> the croc. He looked. He looked fantastic. He really. He really did. He. He actually reminds me a lot of um, a sort of. Uh, and you're going to laugh at this because he's probably got more talent than him, but almost like a uh, an Andy Carroll uh, sort of just. Or oh, Andy Carroll in his prime, not not Liverpool Andy Carroll. So so <laughs> Andy Carroll at Newcastle, uh, sort of thing. Like he he just uh, looks like he every time he touches the ball, he's going to score. Like <laughs> uh, so, he looked really really good. Uh, the, it, you know, it might be a case of. Uh, potentially if Diaz blanks again, almost moving off him. So you can jump on. So like in a, I won't say perfect world, but in a world where in say a couple of game weeks time, uh, Jesus just isn't performing and uh, Diaz isn't performing where you sort of move off Diaz and then jump on um, like a Darwin or something. And uh, looking at, Looking at FPL at the moment, where I think in the four, in the top five uh, players sold, you've got TAA and you've got Diaz in there. I would hazard to say people are moving off TAA and Diaz to get players like Darwin in their side. In, in their side, so it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, it, it's the Diaz, but I, not I do as well. I do as well. I understand the Diaz. I, uh, and but the Trent one's gonna gonna burn you, but you know that's FP that's FPL for you. Um, in terms of uh, Fulham, I didn't mind Fulham. I I, um, I know you sort of mentioned him as well, but uh, Andreas, he was on everything. He um, I might even start him uh, this uh, this week uh, because I think they're playing they're playing Wolves this week. Yeah, I think they've got. Yeah, wolves. I think yeah. they will play wolves. Um, I can see Andreas uh, having uh, getting a an attacking return, if not uh, if not double digit return this week. He was on absolutely everything. Uh, Mitrovic, uh, Mitrovic as well looked really, really good. And again, like he's also almost cheap enough to be a little bit of, a, of an enabler as well. He's only six point five. So, like, uh, most of us, I don't know how uh, your sort of team structured up at the moment because I don't have it uh, on me, but I've got a 4.5 sort of rotten away on the bench. I think you've, you've, you've got the same, haven't you? You've got the... Yeah, is it yeah the, the four... A forest player, the yeah. Um, like, I can see a world where people uh, downgrade maybe one of their 6.0 uh, defenders or even, you know, moving off a, of a DS... Uh, to like a six ball, you know, say if you don't have Martin, like Martinelli, moving off DS, um, going down to Martinelli and then jumping up to Mitrovic. Um, now, obviously, he's already gone up in price, so you'd have to have something in the bank. But uh, definitely, if he, you know, if he keeps performing the way he, he did in the first game, um, he's almost going to be a must have. Yeah, no, definitely. I thought that, um, yeah. He's gonna be. It's gonna be depending on how people have their team structured. Like, mm. cause you can gradually get there with two yeah. weeks. Whether you downgrade the midfield, like similar with mine. If I wanted to do it, I'd you know have to downgrade uh, Mount to maybe like a four point five, and then that would mm. sort of give me a bit of extra money. But I think for me. You know, I did ponder it today while I was at work about uh, an early wild card, maybe 
week nah, four, you week five. <laughs> oh, I thought, um, I thought you meant this week. <laughs> like, no, you wouldn't no. do that. <laughs> no, like a, an early wild card, maybe week four, mm. and um, restructure your side to get him in, which I think, you know, is not the worst option because, you know, this season with the World Cup, we do. Yeah, I was going to say. This, a third wild card. Yeah, this season's going to be a really interesting season to see what people do because. Uh, you could almost have an early wild card because you've got that extra sort of almost wild, or you've got that extra wild card come the World Cup. But also, um, I've been sort of seeing talks of people waiting until the week before, a couple of weeks before the World Cup, and then almost using the wild card as a bit of a free hit, and then wild card, and then using the World Cup wild card the week after. So it'll be interesting to see different sort of FPL strategies per se. Yeah. No, definitely. Mm. Well, we might get on to the next game, which is Bournemouth and Villa. I'm not sure if you're listening to our deadline stream demo, but I said to Matt, I thought that uh, Bournemouth could, you know, spring an upset and mm. they did. I, I didn't think it would actually happen. I thought, <laughs> <laughs> I thought they might make it a bit tougher for Villa, mm. but uh, a 2-0 win, I just thought, you know, that's a great result for them. I thought Villa, I think we've spoken about it a few times in our pod last season, was they have these games where they just look very plain, very, I don't know, just meh in attack. And this game, they just didn't really look their, you know, their best. And, you know, it, it wouldn't surprise if they come out next week and they bang four goals in and everyone's going, oh, we need to get Coutinho in, we need to get Watkins in. But, you know, I thought... From Villa point of view, it's a bit disappointing. I saw Bailey up front and, you know, I jumped for joy thinking, how good is this? You know, he's playing as a second striker. But, you know, I think he had a couple of chances, but it just, they just didn't really do too much in attack. And Bournemouth, I thought, you know, took their chances. They were good defensively, but, you know, they didn't really have any standouts either. I thought Solanke had a couple of chances, but, yeah, no one really stood out from this game. But I sort of was a bit surprised at actually how good Bournemouth were defensively. So, hmm. you know, that could throw a bit of a spinner in the work this week when, you know, everyone's assuming that our City are just going to walk in there and, you know, beat them by 50. So, you know, it's just very interesting. But, yeah, what did you take from the game, mate? Yeah, very similar. Like, uh, obviously, when Bailey started up forward, that was a sort of surprise to me given... Uh, they've got, you know, they've got uh, Ings and uh, what's his name, Watkins. So that was sort of like a, a little bit of a surprise to me, but uh, obviously didn't utilise it. Uh, I think Gerard's a little bit under the pump at the moment, <laughs> uh, especially losing to a to a uh, oh, an up and coming, you know, uh, championship side. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> For, uh, first podcast jitters. But, uh, yeah, so, like, uh, I was reading about Gerard and um, having to go at Mings as well in terms of, I think he's stripped, uh, if I'm not mistaken, stripped the captaincy off him. Uh, so yeah, there's there's a, bit of unre- there's a bit of unrest at uh, Villa. So it's going to be interesting to see what actually happens. The cherries, you know, they look great, but, uh, you know, I sort of look through their assets and there's not really anyone I'd be getting from them at the moment. I think it's just a wait and see. They're sort of, 
Bournemouth really much reminds me of uh, like Norwich of last season. <laughs> you're not you're not really going to be getting uh, any of their assets, and you know the only the only person that's probably going to be pumping up their assets is you. And you know I, I'm waiting for the uh, for the cherries version of uh, Kenny McLean. So, <laughs> mate, I um, just want to quickly touch on something, mate. Uh, Brownhill scored uh, for Burnley <laughs> this week in the championship, mate. So yeah, but that's big game player, mate. mate. Big game player. Big game player. Uh... <laughs> But yeah, now that I think that about wraps it up. Yeah. Like Solenke is probably going to be an option at some point this year, but you know, outside of him, I'm not really sort of looking at anyone else. Nah. Now we might get onto Leeds and Wolves. So, you know, I thought Leeds were going to get off to a good start and get a win, which they did. Um, I thought um, in attack, I thought Bamford probably looked looked a lot sharper than I thought he would look. I sort of thought that it might take a couple of weeks for him to get his match fitness, but. You know, he looked really sharp up front there. You know, combined well um, with the likes of Aronson and Harrison. But for me, Harrison was probably the standout. I thought he had a really good game, created seven chances, had one assist and had two big chances created as well. So I thought he had a good day out. Aronson, you know, unlucky not to get that goal. It was deemed an own goal because I think the other guy put got a foot to it just before Aronson. But he looked really good in attack, but... I wouldn't be jumping on him just yet. I'd be wanting to see at least a goal or, you know, a couple attacking returns from him before I sort of jump on just to make sure that, you know, he has the finished product. But outside of that, Wolves just Wolves were okay, but they weren't amazing. I think Neto was all right, but, you know, Potence is probably their best player. Mm. But um, definitely, for me, won't be jumping on any of their assets at the moment. What did you take out of the game, Devin? Yeah, so um, I agree with you pretty much everything in terms of uh, Harrison and Aronson. Uh, they both looked really good. Obviously, Aronson was unlucky not to get uh, an attacking return. Uh, with Bamford, again, uh, if he's back, free from injury, we all know how good Bamford can be. I think he's probably priced a touch too much. Like, when you sort of compare Bamford and Amitrovic, you're probably going to go Amitrovic, given that he's a middle chill cheaper. Um, definitely if Potence. Look, Potence is one of my favourite players. One, because he's, I think he's about, sh- I think he's shorter than me. So, uh, and <laughs> for, I look, I'm five foot five and a half. So I'm not, I'm no sort of, no giant, but I think he's a, a touch, I think he's about five four or five or, or, or even five five. So for a, for a player that sort of short, uh, you know, quick and nimble to be, uh, you know, scoring scoring goals and scoring double digit returns. He's got, you know, he's he's got to be one of my favourites. So, uh, you know, he's small, he's quick. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily be jumping off Neto just yet. Um, you know, they're both playing up forward. Uh, I'd say it's sort of a situation where oh, I'm just trying to think of the players last season where they sort of went back and forth. Uh, one, you know, one week. Uh, one week, one uh, one player returns. The other week, the other player. I'm just trying to think who oh, it was, was it now. Smith Rowe and Saka. Yeah, that's it. Smith Rowe and Saka um, last season. You sort of, you know, I think at one point in time, I had Saka, you had Smith Rowe, and you know, one week um, one would score, and the other week the other would score. So I think it's going to be like that uh, for Wolves. They're you know relatively attacking. So um, I think we need to see 
a few more weeks before um, we sort of jump off Neto. But uh, there's definitely options at that sort of 5.5 mark, whether it's Podence. It's, they all sort of come in this game. So, you know, Podence, Aronson, uh, if you want to go a little bit more expensive, I think he's 6.0, Harrison. So um, there's definitely players in and around that um, that price point. No, definitely. And they just signed uh, a player this morning. So, Consolo Guedes, mm-hmm. uh, a Portuguese player. He's actually, last season, he, he scored 11 goals and four assists in about 30 games. So, you know, he's actually scored a few goals on international duty for Portugal as well. And he can play um, up front or he can play left or right. So, I think that could uh, throw sort of, you know, a bit of variation Mm. Um, depending on what his price point is, you know, he might be a nice option because Jimenez, I think, could be out for a few more weeks yeah. now. So, so yeah, definitely think that, um, you know, that that would be interesting to see um, whether Neto or Potence then goes back to the bench or they get rotated. So definitely probably one to keep an eye on. But at the moment, I think Neto at his price point, you're, you're not really too fussed if he blinks because he's only worth 5.5. So mm. it's not like you're forking out, you know, eight, 8.0 for a person who, you know, gets two points. So definitely think he's worth holding. But we might get on to the next game, which was Newcastle and Nottingham Forest. So I sort of was um, all in on Newcastle. I thought, you know, good start to the season. Their fixtures are good. Um, outside, obviously, the two harder ones of Liverpool and Man City. But, you know, Trippier did what I thought Trippier would do. Um, looked really good. Um, making great runs down the wing. Provided good ball delivery. Um, you know, managed to sneak in some bonus as well. I thought Callum Wilson was a bit of a standout as well. Probably should have had two goals, um, had a couple of good chances. Um, I thought St. Max looked good as well. But, you know, touching on Trippier, had 110 touches, two chances created and had eight corners as well. So just goes to show that his floor is probably a little bit higher than other um, defenders, just because he does have the free kicks, the corners, and does get forward and, you know, gets on the ball quite a lot. But, you know, an impressive performance from uh, Newcastle, but I think they're going to get even better. So I think if you you are looking at the assets, I think Trippy is a great asset to own. And I think even Wilson, great differential up front. If you're doing the mm. three attack or if you're going to without Jesus, I think, you know, Wilson's good early on. What did you think, Damo? Yeah, so I actually think Newcastle is going to be a pretty uh, damaging force this season. Uh, you know, you, you look up forward, obviously, as you mentioned, sort of Wilson. Wilson's probably the best 7.5 um, uh, million player in the game. Uh, you know, I can sort of foresee, and if, if you want to, you know, break the temp, if you want to break the template per se, uh, you know, having, um, having sort of Wilson up forward, it, it's going to be hard for players that have, you know, Jesus, Haaland, uh, you know, if people want to sort of throw in Mitrovic now, like, because I know a few were um, jumping on him, it's going to be hard to fit in all these players. Like, we've got so many forward options this season, which we didn't really have last season. Uh, Wilson might be one to go for if you uh, uh, sort of play your game a little bit more sort of differential-based. I know he's probably not going to be differential for very long, but uh, definitely one that um, I've got my eye on anyway. 
Um, as you sort of mentioned, you know, St. Mar- Max and Bruno, as uh, D10 sends, uh, says, you know, they're, they're, they're razzlers, yeah? So, you know, obvi- <laughs> obviously, you know, the, the Bruno in Newcastle is the, the better Bruno of the, of the EPL, you know? So, uh, <laughs> you know, like, uh, at, even sort of down back, as you sort of mentioned as well, like uh, Trippier, but even Target uh, is a, you know, a decent asset to have, you know, they're almost like a uh, a wish version of TAA and Robbo. Like, don't get me don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not trying to disrespect them. They are good players. Uh, TNA TNA Robbo just a class above, but uh, they're definitely uh, definitely going to score some points between them. And um, you know, Shah is probably the wish wish version of uh, BBD. So. You know, I mean, they 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 might be emulating uh, Liverpool at the moment, uh, but no. <laughs> on uh, you know, on a serious note, they do have they they are or they do have some good assets in their in their uh, side, and um, I think at some point, uh, most of us are going to have two or maybe even three uh, Newcastle assets. Uh, in terms of uh, Nottingham Forest, I was pretty disappointed with Nottingham Forest. Uh, Especially, you know, their their prize signing Lingard, you know, all uh, didn't. I don't think he even got a shot or um, many passes. Uh, again, you know, it's with a bit of bated breath that you know I was disappointed he didn't come to us. Um, a lot of people are talking about, um, you know, he went to Nottingham Forest for the money and all that kind of stuff. But uh, to me, I think he didn't come to us because um, he knew he's probably going to share game time. And obviously, you know, when you sit on the bench at Man United for years and years, you probably want to play. So, um, <laughs> again, you know, as as you know, Q, uh, you know, I'm going to throw in some Man United barbs when I can. But uh, <laughs> don't worry, I've got, uh, I've got the shit to bed prepared too. Um yeah, so like he's gonna get he's gonna get game time at Nottingham Forest. Like he'll, I think he'll end up coming up alright. But uh, at this stage, I'm not impressed with Forest, and I can't see myself having any assets of um, from Nottingham in my in my side at the moment. Yeah, no, I'm similar at the moment, except for Nico Williams. I thought he looked good in patches, but he's four point yeah. zero. He's more just a bench and oh, than most. Oh, sorry, uh, yeah, and um, most of us. Uh, I haven't sort of included in, in Nico Williams um, because most of us are going to have him on, on our bench anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. No, it's, it's not one of those assets where you're like, I really need no. to get him in. You know, it's just a given because of his price. And then if if you have to play him, you play him. You know, in good fixtures, you play him. So, um, yeah. Yeah, no. No, I'm the same. I sort of, it's more of a watch and see. I just want to see, you know, them find their feet, see how they're going to look because, you know, Lingard is definitely a good option if, you know, they start to. Oh, further down um, the line, yeah. Yeah. Well, we might get on to Spurs and Southampton. So I picked that it, it could be a big win, which it was, but um, just so happened that the people that I thought would be getting goals <laughs> and assists didn't get any. So I thought Son looked really good, had four chances, four shots, uh, got an assist. But the biggest standout for this game was Kulicheski. I thought he was just central to everything that Spurs did. I mean, he did it last season, but I was kind of thought this season – you know, people are aware of what he can do so that they might shut him down a little bit. But, you know, he just was amazing. He had two shots, got the goal, three chances created, uh, got one assist, one big chance created and was on the ball 60 times. So had 60 touches. So I thought he was just an absolute 
shining star for Spurs. And, you know, Son on any other game probably could have finished with two or three goals, but just wasn't his day. I thought Kane had two early chances, but outside of that, you know, didn't really feature too much in that attack. But, you know, I thought uh, Southampton started good. I thought Ward-Prowse is really good. Uh, finished with a goal, got the two shots, four chances created. So, you know, a lot of – he was central to pretty much everything that Southampton did. But I thought, you know, they just got played off the park once Spurs sort of hit their gear. And, you know, if it wasn't for Bazunu in goals, who, you know, I picked as a bit of a preseason watch, um, definitely for their fixtures, I think he's going to be one of the, the 4.5 million keepers that you want to have in your side. I think he's going to be sort of like the David Raya last season where not a lot mm. of people were – you know, looking at him till you know, he had a couple of good games. So I thought if it wasn't for him, they probably would have lost about 10-1. So definitely think, definitely think he's worth looking at. But um, outside that, sort of I wasn't looking at anything else, mate. Uh, what about your demo? Is there anyone that you like the look of, mate? Well, I wish they would have won 10-1. At least Kane would have got maybe an attacking return. Uh, so a bit disappointed. <laughs> like, obviously, I didn't... I didn't Particular, I didn't watch the the game live. I ended up um, watching some uh, highlights of this game. But you sort of look at uh, Spurs, you know, winning four one, and you sort of wonder oh, how how many goals did Kane get? And uh, I look at it, and, and it was zero. So I'm a bit disappointed <laughs> at that. Uh, as as you sort of said, Kilachevsky is probably the the pick. Oh, he's actually the at the moment the pick of the eight point bunch. You know, if you started with him, you know, clap clap, well done. Uh, Son was great. Uh, my sort of questions coming into the next game is, uh, will someone like an Emerson Royale be taking a back, back seat to Perisic? You know, sort of coming in, Perisic being the um, high-priced recruit um, who came in on Bitcoin, or will, you know, with Emerson, you, you sort of can't, almost can't drop Emerson Royale to the bench given that he uh, assisted twice, so... It'll be interesting to see what happens. I was disappointed um, in Kane. I think Kane, he played really deep. Um, it is sort of worrying that he's he was playing so deep. And obviously, um, I sort of um, I, I, uh, decided not to make any moves this week, uh, which has sort of cost me um, 0.2 mil because Kane's gone down um, 0.1 and obviously Harlan's gone up 0.1 so a lot of people are making that move that sort of straight swap at the moment to from Kane to, to Harland I'm sort of going to ride it out um, and hopefully a sort of catch um, well, I'm hoping that Kane sort of catches fire this week and Harlan has a bit of a downtrot and uh, sort of catch the or punish the sellers sort of thing but um, we'll see, sort of see how we go. <laughs> well, you know, he's hoping. I'm, I'm trying to. I'm actually trying to play a, you know, more decent game this season, not taking unnecessary hits and things like that. So yeah, we'll, um, you know, we'll revisit this in about week seven when I've taken about, you know, seven or eight hits. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how we go. But uh, uh, I, in... I was the same. Yeah, I think I I was waiting to full time the Man City game before I made my decision because. The plan was always to go across the Harland, but then I'm like, yeah. if Kane scores three goals, yeah. it's going to be very hard to so, take him out. So. so did you make that move, did you? Did you go straight? Yeah. Kane? yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just no, had yeah. to wait to full time because I didn't want to yeah. be stuck like last season. <laughs> I think it was um, Chilwell or – no, it was Lukaku. I got in mm. Lukaku early. And then he got injured in the then Champions he got injured. League four yeah. hours later. So. <laughs> yeah, no. Nah, so I, I, I've decided oh, – at the moment, again, uh, mine might change, but I decided to sort of take it, take it um, a bit easy and just make 
sort of changes late. So I'll have to take the um, uh, the fallers as well as the risers sort of thing. Uh, in terms of Southampton, um, I really like Ward Prowse. Like I think he's a great player. Um, he's, he's sort of, he's someone that I did want. So like, uh, you know, selfishly wanted West Ham to go after in the, in the off season. So, um, he's, you know, he's just such a clean player. And, uh, I think, uh, he's sort of probably one of my differentials for, um, the next couple of weeks anyway. So he's, um, yeah, he, I think if you're going to pick anyone from Southampton, it's probably him. Yeah, definitely. He has probably the highest floor. He's on free kicks. Mm. I'm pretty sure he's on penalties as well. So yeah, I think yeah, that's that's when you when you look at players. Um, obviously, in teams that have harder fixtures, you sort of want to go for the player that has the most upside and and the better floor. And I think yeah, Ward Prowse definitely has a good floor. Mm. Um, well, we might get on to our next game, which is Everton and Chelsea. So you know, I sort of expected Chelsea to maybe win a bit more convincingly, but. I thought Everton defensively were really good. I thought Mikalenko was a standout. Um, you know, got forward a lot, probably come close to scoring a couple of times and, you know, maybe getting an assist. But I sort of – their attack just didn't look the same without a, a recognised striker up front. I thought they were just a little bit, how you going? I thought, like, obviously Gordon had his chances and Gray had a couple of chances, but they didn't really have that sort of killer punch up top. But I sort of thought James – the biggest standouts in the game for me were the fullbacks. I thought James looked really good going forward, had 98 touches, three chances created, one shot. And the surprising thing was he was on corners. So he had 13 corners. So, you know, I got Mount in uh, week one because, it, you know, I thought, you know, he's on free kicks, on corners, um, you know, high attacking upside. Um, as I spoke with Ward Prowse, you know, when you, when you get the set pieces, you've kind of got – a decent floor, but yeah, it's disappointing to see Mount didn't get any of the corners and, you know, James's delivery from the corners weren't great, but um, yeah, I just think that probably gives James a, a little bit more upside if he's going to be on corners as well, because, you know, he always has his upside getting forward, but, you know, now he's sort of on set pieces as well. I thought Chilwell looked really good as well. He got into some good areas. He won the penalty um, for Jorginho, so I think... You know, disappointing attacking assets for Chelsea, but I thought, you know, James and Chilwell showed why, you know, they're, they're underpriced assets. You know, I think that they're more, probably should have been priced closer to what Robbo is, but, you know, it'd be interesting to see how they, they are going for, whether Mount was just having an off game. And, you know, due to me getting out um, Kane for Holland this week, you know, I've got Mount again. So, you know, we'll have to see what he can do against Spurs. Um, what do you take from the match, mate? Yeah, so um, for mine, uh, I thought uh, obviously Patterson playing 90 minutes was, uh, again, he's a 4.0 option down back, uh, especially uh, people that sort of want to move uh, from, like if you if you move a, I'm just trying to think, would a, no, was 6.0, it would have to be like a 6.5 or so moving down to Patterson or a 4.0 to, and then you go Jesus up to Harland or something like that. Because I think Harland's 11.5, is he, or is he 12.5? Not quite sure. Um, anyway, <laughs> whatever it is, I think that move would work. Uh, in terms of uh, evident assets, I'm not really keen on 
anyone at the moment. More so, more so uh, Chelsea in terms of their defence. Now, Chelsea, with their defence, they've got, um, obviously, Kukurazla now being a blue. Uh, if he can start consistently at 5.0, uh, he's going to be an absolute steal at 5.0. He's sort of one where I'm looking at if... Um, if I one can't get in Zinchenko because I've got the three Arsenal assets, he uh, and um, Kukurella starts uh, or starts and starts playing ninety minutes. He's probably one I'm going to try and get in straight away. Uh, the biggest surprise for me was Chilwell. Uh, obviously, all of preseason, um, I didn't play. I don't think he played all of preseason. No, he had start the anyway. Middle, so you didn't really. Yeah. So play. for him to. For him to actually start and um, and uh, do well, which which were, oh, and get the assist, which was really really surprising. Uh, now, in terms of Chelsea at the moment, obviously I think Alonso's on his way to Barcelona. Uh, on a side note, I don't know how uh, Barcelona can keep buying players when they've got no money. So <laughs> <laughs> it's beyond me how they're buying all these players. But um, selling lemonade stands, mate. Yeah. <laughs> As Pilaquetas, million dollars per glass. <laughs> <laughs> As Pilaquetas, well, actually, oh, anyway, let's uh, won't get into that about um, them buying their own assets or something, doing something shoddy. But yeah. um, As Pilaquetas is an interesting one because obviously he was talked about being on the outer and being on his way out. I didn't realize As Pilaquetas priced at five point So uh, if he stays and uh, does. Oh, and actually, uh, starts for Chelsea. He's another great asset at 5.0. Um, so the, you know, and Azpilicueta, Cucurella, double up the 10.0. You know, Chelsea, Chelsea's defence. Again, there's no guarantees these players will start or even be all. I know Cucurella just arrived, but in terms of Azpilicueta. But uh, I'll definitely, definitely be looking at um, one of them. Uh, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, as you said, Mount disappointing. Uh, for me, watching this game, the biggest take in this game was how well um, players like Broja or Broja and Gallagher did when they came on. So yeah. both look lively. Obviously, both are pushing for um, not so much transfers out, but maybe even... Uh, loan moves out, but I can again foresee a world where they both stay and become essential to uh, the Chelsea lineup. Like especially Brozier, like uh, obviously with Chelsea, as you sort of mentioned, you know Chelsea was sort of missing that um, that striker. Brozier could be that striker for Chelsea if they let him sort of thing. Like I remember the season where Chelsea couldn't um, purchase any players because of they had the transfer ban. Um, I think they ended up finishing quite high up with pretty much a bunch of kids. So yeah, uh, Tammy Abraham, that's sort of what got So um, again, I don't think, I think they both get their loan moves out, but uh, if Chelsea do keep them, I think they can be assets further down the line. No, definitely. And I think I'll just touch on what you said about Kukurea. Um, You know, it'd be interesting to see whether he gets that wing-back spot and they're going to push mm. Reese James centrally because 
I think uh, Kukurea can play that wide centre-back as well. So, yeah, I'm just interested to see because, you know, that's obviously going to affect Chilwell. If he does play on Chilwell's side, that, you know, Chilwell's going to be on the bench. But I could imagine they're going to somehow try fit all three in the side. And uh, Fofana, apparently, they're in talks of getting him as well. So Yeah, I think, think, is he all but, not not all but signed, obviously, but um, he's pretty close, I think. Yeah, I think it's pretty close. So imagine if uh, Fofana signs for Chelsea and starts at 4.5, it's going to mm. be, you know, a good buy in. Chelsea's, that. the Chelsea, that Chelsea defence, once we actually know who's in it, um, there's definitely, uh, there's definitely, oh, I won't say money to be had, but in terms of, you know what I mean? By, yeah, it's good potential. There's, 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 there's good prices. potential. There's good potential at their, at their prices. They're, they're, yeah. they're going to be very under underpriced. No, definitely. Well, we might get on to our next game, which was Leicester tour draw with Brentford. So my takeaways from this game, I sort of thought Vardy looked amazing. And, you know, he is at an awkward price point up front because he is 9.5. So he's 0.5 more than Darwin. He's 1.5 more than Jesus. So it makes it a little bit of an awkward price point, but he looks fit. And um, he's very much involved in the attack and probably should have finished with a couple of goals. Um, managed to get the assist, but, you know, it's just going to be interesting to see um, how they go going forward because I know Madison's linked to Newcastle. So it'll mm. be interesting to see um, he ends up going to Newcastle or not. But I thought they started the, the game really well, but in the second half they kind of, you know, got a little bit sloppy, um, turned the ball over a bit, and Brentford made him pay. I thought Rissa looked really good. I thought De Silva, when he come on, uh, came on, looked really good. So it'd be interesting to see whether if he plays another good bench performance like he did on the weekend where he's going to push for a starting role. Because if he does, you know, at 4.5, I think he's great value. I thought Tony wasn't too bad, um, especially at his price point. But, you know, I think they missed an Ericsson. Um mm which, you know, created a lot of chances for Tony last season. But, you know, De Silva could be that option as well because, you know, he looks really good creating chances when he came on. So, you know, that could be the answer to the issue there. But, you know, outside maybe Raya, probably not looking at an asset from Brentford yet, but definitely um, keeping an eye on them. And obviously Madison looks really good as usual and, you know, he's a decent option. But might just touch on Drewsby Hall quickly. I just... A lot of people are going, oh, well, Bailey blanked. We need to get to, you know, Hall. But I think, you know, Drewsby Hall played good on the weekend, but he does sit deep and very rarely will he consistently get forward. So I think if if you're comparing the two, I think still Bailey's the better asset in my opinion. He's going to play a lot higher for consistent minutes, um, at least for the early part of the season. But outside that, um, is there anyone that you'd like to look of, Damon? Yeah, I was actually going to touch on Drewsborough Hall as well. I thought he looked great. I think it's all dependent um, on what happens with Madison and Tielemans. I think they've both been rumoured uh, potential outs. I know Leicester are keen to invest uh, 
in their side, but I don't know whether they need to sell first. So it'll be just it'll be a watchy space with with him. I'm, like you, I'm not saying go out and get Drewsbury Hall, but he's definitely one to be on a watch list. Um, the double up, the four point four double up for those of you who started with the four point double up on the goalkeepers. That you know, obviously, it didn't work out this week, but. Um, because they, I think uh, Ward only got the one point or the two points. Uh, I think it was one point, actually. But um, if Leicester decide not to get a, another keeper, it's going to eventually work. <laughs> because, like, uh, having, you know, two 4.0 keepers uh, in your side, uh, especially when Leicester's sort of uh, fixtures turn, it's going to be... It's gonna, be great for um, your sides like having that extra sort of 0.5 mil or even one mil uh, to reinvest in your side. So um, I wouldn't necessarily, if you've if you've done the double up, wouldn't necessarily be changing it just yet. Uh, just wait and see um, if Leicester sign a goalkeeper, and if they don't, keep it for the for the short to medium term. Uh, as you said, I think Tony's a decent op- uh, option at, at 7.0, but, uh, you know, another forward um, to the ranks. But, uh, again, like, when you've got sort of Mitrovic at 6.5 and then you've got a couple of other de- decent options at 7.5, I think he's one that um, is going to stay on the lower end of um, uh, percentage-owned uh, at the moment. Yeah, at least until um, Brentford catch fire and, you know, he's he starts scoring goals. Yeah. We might get on to our next game, which is Manchester United uh, losing 2-1 to Brighton. So for me, it was, you know, I'll be optimistic, um, play a bit of devil's advocate here. I actually thought United played good for at least 50% of the game. Just it was a couple of defensive lapses that cost them with two goals from Brighton. And then, you know, their passing was just, you know, pretty horrendous for, you know, about, at least half of that game, sort of just giving the ball away all the time. But that second half, I think Brighton maybe went up our end maybe twice in the whole half. So I thought we dominated them in the second half, but just couldn't take our chances. I thought um, Dello looked good in attack, but, you know, was horrible in defense in that first half. I thought Martinez had a good debut. He looked really good. Um, definitely think he's worth um, considering just because he, he did get a lot of interceptions. And once he you know finds his feet in that team and hopefully they somehow work out how to defend, I think, you know, he could be a decent option to look at because he's only 4.5. But, you know, the biggest standout for me was probably Ericsson had three shots, three chances created, pretty much just got our attack going and, um, you know, Rashford, Got in some good positions, but just couldn't finish. But I still think, you know, people that do have him, it's worth sort of staying on at least for another week um, before the Liverpool fixture in week three. So I think Brentford this week, you know, a good opportunity. I think last year I sort of said that, you know, United are going to score goals. Brentford, even though were all right defensively, I still think that um, they're not they're not looking uh, like peak Wolves last year. So. Definitely think it's worth holding your Man United assets. But in terms of um, Brighton, Welbeck looked really good. Uh, Trossard looked really good. Um, I thought Pascal Gross looked very good. But I'm still not going to consider any of their assets at the moment. I want to sort of see a bigger sample size. I was interested to see March. I thought he looked good preseason. But, yeah, definitely just a wait and watch for me on Brighton assets. What about you, Damo? 
Yeah, well, you know, you can always rely on Man United to brighten your day. You know, for them. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of your so, better ones, Dave. It's one of your better ones. <laughs> I was waiting for it. But, uh, yeah, so, I'm look, I'm not going to talk about Man United because there's not really much to talk about. You guys were pretty damn awful. Um you know, uh, Maguire is back and better than ever, isn't he? But uh, no, but <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Uh, look, look. Um, I can't really add anything else to what you uh, what you sort of said. Like, obviously, in terms of Brighton, I'm sort. You know, we're not really looking at their assets at the moment. But uh, Gross did look good. Um, Trossard was pretty lively in attack. So. You know, at some point in time, we're probably going to own Brighton assets, whether it's, you know, down back Sanchez or Trossard or even Gross. Uh, Gross was actually, I think, was it two or three years back that he was probably the be- one of the better Brighton assets to have in the side. So if he can sort of, obviously he's had a few injury concerns and things like that. If he can... Um, uh, if he can show that he's sort of over those injury concerns, he's probably a pretty decent option uh, for uh, that Brighton side. So, uh, definitely, it's more uh, yeah. just the minutes things of him. Like you just don't know if he's consistently going to start. Yeah. But if he does, I think if he's fully fit, I think he starts every game. Yeah, you'd think so, and you know he did make them look a lot better when he was playing. Mm. Well, we might get on to our last game, so I won't really touch on it too much. I'll just quickly um, a brief little summary. So West Ham losing 2-0 to Man City. I thought West Ham actually started better out of yeah. um, the two. Um, Bowen had a, you know, a couple of good early chances. But I thought City just kind of took control after probably about 20 minutes and um, you know put their foot on the game. They didn't sort of blow West Ham off the park, but um, I thought Hallam was you know really good up front. Um, Deceivingly fast. I didn't think he was that fast, but yeah, deceivingly fast to get that second goal. But the biggest standout from either side for me was Gundogan. I thought he reminded me of Bernardo Silva last season when we saw him get in in those positions and he ended up going on a bit of a run for about six weeks where he was scoring goals and getting assists. So, you know, Gundogan, I think if he's going to be starting in that similar role consistently, I think he's a great option. And you know, I'm still not sold on what uh, 8.0 assets going to be the one to have for City. Just when you thought that Grealish and Mares were going to start the next minute, it was Foden and Grealish. Then you got Alvarez. I just think there's there's too much um, variation for me to sort of jump on an asset. So I think it's mm. either Haaland or you double up defensively. I just yeah. just can't see you know their midfielders being an option. But might get you to touch on more of the game, mate. Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll touch on sort of Man City first because I, w- I want to say that Man City, uh, obviously we know they're a team that rotate quite heavy. Having five subs this season, it's going to be re- – It's I think it's going to make it worse in terms of FPL because they're going to be able to obviously sub on and off players um, or, you know, two more players than they than – they, already have been. So I think it's going to make it almost harder to predict a Man City lineup. Like if Man City were allowed to have two uh, teams in the EPL, I'm pretty sure they'd both finish top four. Like just the quality that Man City have 
uh, in their in their lineup is just insane. I think this um, five sub rule is going to benefit a lot of the bigger clubs, um, and I think that's where sort of like a team like us, like West Ham, are going to struggle because we don't have a big squad. So uh, where you know teams are going to be able to utilize that most is probably going to be you know your Man Cities. Um, you, you, you know, Liverpool's and things like that. That the bigger sides that uh, have that quality deeper down, de- like as they go deeper down, sort of thing. Um, we played okay in, in the in in the first half. I think we just ran out of legs. We're at the moment struggling with a number of either injuries or um, even just players that don't want to be there per se. Like I know Diop, um, Diop's probably going to get his move to, to Fulham. I'm, I'm hoping we can bring in two or three more players before the um, window closes, but it's it's going to be a pretty rough start for us. So I would sort of avoid West Ham assets at the moment. Uh, we do have a decent-ish uh, run in the next, I think, two or... I think overall in the next 10 games, I think we only play a more difficult side, I think, once or twice. So we've got a decent um, fixture moving forward. But, uh, yeah, I I think I need to see how our side settles first. Like, Cornet's probably going to be starting this week. I want to see if we're going to play that sort of five at the back. Uh, yeah. I think Cornet, I think he's coming in at 6.0. So, because uh, I think he got added to FPL today. He might be a decent player um, to have. Uh, again, I think our players need to catch fire first. So, at some point, we're going to have West Ham assets in our side. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, Skamaka up forward at seven, whether it's... Um, you know, Cornet or, you know, obviously, you know, your Bowens and things like that. You're going to have one or two West Ham players in your sides. I don't think it's yet, even though I think we play Nottingham this week. So I think we need to see where things lie. We need to sort out a defence, especially our centre-backs first. Um, And then in about, I reckon in about a month's time, we revisit West Ham and go, okay, these are the assets to have. So... Like Crystal Palace, I think come while I'm at the moment looking uh, probably to have a bit of a later wild card. Again, it depends on <laughs> what happens. But uh, if I'm looking at it, you know, wild carding at um, game week nine or ten, uh, I'm probably going to be looking at West Ham assets then, like Crystal Palace and a few others. So yeah, um, yeah so it's it's a wait and see with West Ham at the moment. Um, and with City, as you sort of said, um, other than Haaland and probably Cancelo, I wouldn't necessarily be looking at anyone else. Not because they're not good, but I think there's just going to be a hell of a lot of rotation in that side. Yeah, no, 100%. Like, until one sort of, you know, puts a hand up and say, I'm mm. starting every week, you know, I just, yeah, I'd definitely be either doubling up in the defence or going Cancelo and Harlan. So I think, yeah, yeah those are I think Cancelo and I think Cancelo and Harlan are pretty much your locks. Obviously, like, uh, I'm sort of playing the, the, the Kane path, so I'm not getting Harland at the moment. I might be forced into getting Harland later on, but at the moment I'm trying to hold off. But um, they're your sort of two standouts. No, definitely. 
Well, that wraps up our game, so we might just get into our shit the bed segment. So it's pretty easy for me this week. I want to say Aston Villa. <laughs> Interesting, Villa, really? <laughs> yeah, I just, I just literally thought they just offered nothing in attack. They so, just weren't so... exciting, and you know, I was expecting. From what I'd seen preseason, that they were going to be exciting in attack, but they just so there's not nothing. There's not a particular team in red plays in. See, you know. the result was <laughs> bad, but I thought the performance was still good. Like they still played good enough to win that game. They just you you, you age ten Hague fifty years in that game, mate. It was the, the playing out from the back aged him, mate. Aged me thirty you're, years. You lost. You lost to Brighton. Come Brighton, on, <laughs> Brighton were very. I guess very hard to break down, but mm. we dominated probably 60% of that game yeah. and we so, did enough to win it, but just a bad result. But I still yeah. thought the performance was you know, still all right. <laughs> it's no, it's no, Damon, so <laughs> I would say it's no, it's no shock. It's no shock that uh, I'm nominating uh, Maguire for the... 45th time and uh, and, man, <laughs> <laughs> and man you as my uh, shit the bed segment I might cap you at um you're only like you with wire five times this season so there's one. you've got four more mate Mm-hmm. I'll make sure I well if he keeps stuffing up you know we're gonna have to either rename the rename the award the Mogwire so just to appease me (laughs) (laughs) we um we'll see mate I've still got faith but um we might get onto our differentials for this week so I'm picking uh Aronson from Leeds United at 1.2 percent uh 5.5 you know we saw how good Son and Kulicheski did against Southampton so I think with how how much freedom Aronson got uh, in that game on the weekend, I think that he's going to wreak havoc this week against a Southampton outfit who, you know, started good against Spurs but definitely still have their defensive issues. And I think Aronson's going to be too slick. Who are you looking at, Demo? Um, I'm actually looking at... Um, I foresee a world where Jusabri Hall uh, has another good performance. And uh, I'm throwing in Ward Prowse. Obviously, I spoke about him before, and I, um, as I said, I really like Ward Prowse as a player, and I think they can, um, he can get uh, another goal on the weekend. Definitely, you might have to uh, see if anyone's got him in draft. I'd say they probably will. Yeah, oh, 100 percent. Maybe not. <laughs> maybe not Shrewsbury Hall. I'd have to have a look at that. But um, we might get on to. Yeah. <laughs> our mailbag questions. So obviously I put the message out late, so we've only got a couple. So the first one is, when is Damo giving you your steak? <laughs> well, well, interesting that question is, Damo. Um, are you going to be coming to the FPL social, mate? Um, depending on when, when it is and uh, if it all matches up, I'll be coming up. So we'll, um, you'll have to uh, point me to the... Uh, a decent stake in uh, Mulwellers Brook or uh, somewhere in Sydney. <laughs> the Meat and Wine Co. at uh, Darling Harbour, mate. Ah, uh, yeah, yep, yep, yep. So I'll have to remortgage my house and. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, what's it called? I uh... oh, what's his name? I'm trying to think of that chef. There's a there's a restaurant they're building here at the moment but um oh I is think... it about that dude that sprinkles the salt on the steak no nah, not him not him um ra- uh, the restaurant's called Rache's. oh Rache's, I think there's a yeah, few got Rache's yeah 
Yeah, there's a few uh, up in Sydney, and they're they're just building one here, uh, just near where I live. So I keep seeing the guy on um, on Instagram. So for, oh, I've forgotten his name, but he's a <clears throat> he's a you know uh, Insta famous chef. So <laughs> on a more serious note, we've actually got two serious questions. So yep, yep. Uh, the signs of rotation risk early on from the traditional top four and haven't hit Euro matches yet. Should we start considering now the options from the lower teams with upcoming good fixtures like Wolves, Knots, Leeds, and Brighton? Um, that's interesting, actually, because I was I had a thought today, maybe it's the opposite, whether we should target the premium assets uh, from the big clubs before the World Cup because after the World Cup, you're not sure whether they're going to get rested or, you know, get game time managed, um, obviously, when Champions League comes back as well. But I do actually like the thought of uh, Leeds assets at the moment. I think um, definitely good value for money there. And I know we spoke about Bamford as well. Up top, I still think, you know, he's a good asset to have. I think I spoke to D10 the other day when he was doing his draft and I said, you, you know, told him to get in Wilson. Um, just because, you know, he scores goals. But I said, worst case scenario, he can move across to Bamford, who I also think is good value. So I think it's a much of a much. I think you need to target the premium assets from those clubs. But, yeah, I definitely think that you can fill your side in with a couple of these Leeds assets and Newcastle assets and and the like. Um, what about you, Demo? Yeah, so I, I uh, sort of... I'm just trying to think of how to word it, but... Uh, I think you need to pick your team or pick the players that perform. So regardless of who they play for, top six, not top six, whatever the case may be, I think you pick players that you think are going to perform. I think there'll be enough players in those top six sides that are consistent. Like we mentioned, like I don't think Haaland is going to get rested uh, anytime soon. Like Haaland Cancelo you know, um, the Liverpool, you've got TAA or Robertson or Diaz. Um, you're not, like, you may have a bit of rotation, but, uh, like, we know the ones that are going to get rotated. Like, I wouldn't necessarily touch the Man City midfield other than, say, a KDB if I was going down that path because I know they're going to get rotated around. Um, so generally you can pick it, do you know what I mean? So yes, you sort of go with the fixtures, but I think you just pick the players that you think you're going to deliver, like regardless of who they play for. Um, so hoping I sort of answer that question the way, <laughs> the way that it was asked, but, um, but yeah, so you just, uh, I, I think you just back, back who you've picked so far, don't make any huge changes like I wouldn't I wouldn't be telling anyone to wild card you know this game week um like you picked your side for a reason stick to it you know if you if you want to make one move make uh, make a move this week but uh like I want to I want to um not make any moves so then I can have two coming into next week so then I can always have the like the one free one if you know what I mean yeah no, and that then, makes sense. Yeah, and then if I find my side is starting to suffer, then I might even make, like, three moves and take a minus four. Um, and then if it's getting really bad, either, you know, wild card sort of thing. So uh, that's sort of my strategy this season. Again, 
it might change um, in a few weeks, but uh, that's sort of where I'm getting at at the moment. No, definitely. I think for me, the probably only important transfer this week is maybe just Hallen in from Kane or even um, maybe getting out Perisic, seeing he didn't start on the weekend and going down to maybe like a Trippier or Zinchenko or something. I think if you haven't already pulled the Harlan to Kane, oh, sorry, Kane to Harlan move, I think it might even be a bit late. Because as I said to you, like with in, in my case, Kane's gone down 0.1, Harlan has gone up 0.1. So unless you've got money in the bank, um, you can't make that move anyway without making two moves. So. Yeah, no, not a lot of people do have the, sort of that money in the bank. But, I mean, yeah. if you do have the money in the bank, go for it. But, yeah, yeah, definitely, as Damo said, I wouldn't be going the minus four. And Kane's fixtures, other than, like, obviously he's got Chelsea this week. But after Chelsea, Kane's fixtures are actually pretty decent. So Yeah. See, that was, yeah, I was like, in two minds going, you know, I could go Mount to, say, um, call a Chesky, but I, I didn't really mm. want to take a minus four, so I was kind of yeah. thought, you know, the only advice that I sort of have for pe- for people, you know, for people, and I sort of should take my own advice sometimes is the like don't chase points. So yeah. the points that Harland made over Kane, you're not getting those points. So if you want to make the move, yes, you know, if you think you want Harlan for the long term, whatever the case may be, that's fine. But don't go chasing points because, you know, come next week, Kane could score, you know, score a brace and Harlan could blank and then you're sitting there going, Ah, oh, shit, you know, I should have just yeah. held on. Um but yeah, so, you know, FPL can be a fickle game at times. <laughs> no, definitely. I've kind of I I fully agree with that sort of my point is, uh, I mean, I've probably had a few other people. I kind of booked the transfer in, just hoping yeah, that I had yeah. no other injuries. <laughs> I was like, I really hope I don't have to use this transfer yeah, and if you, an actual injury. Yeah, and if you sort of were going down the path of, okay, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to start Kane uh, game week one and then move on to Harlem, that's fine. But, um, so but in yeah. this season, it's going to be a lot more rotation of the premiums just because there's so many that are options now it's it's so tight it's going to be so tough this season because you can't as i think you said this um in one of the preseason pods you can't have them all you can't have all the players so like other than salah (laughs) which i think i'm not you know unless he gets injured um or leaves liverpool i'm never coming off um (laughs) Everyone else, you can make a you can make a case for jumping off at one point. So, yeah, yeah it'll I mean, yeah. I think you've hit the nail on the head. It's just going to be real one of these years where I think last year was sport for choice. You know, we um hmm. we didn't really Ronaldo wasn't really an option early on because he was blanking. Lukaku, you know, had his issues. And then KDB, you know, had a long injury layoff, so he started yeah. slow. So you kind of only had Son and Salah pretty much. Mm. So it made it a lot easier last yeah, season. But this year, you've got Kevin De Bruyne, you've got Kane, you've got Son, you've got Harlan. Like, I'd even say, you know, even Sterling can be classed in that category as a premium as well, even though he's only oh, 10. Oh, not yet. 
Yeah, not not yeah. points wise, but just more price point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's there's a lot of options now, so yeah, I think this season we're going to see a lot of people maybe playing the strategy of choosing what premium to have at what time and yeah, correct. You know, rotating. But um, might get on to our last question, which was. Uh, being a United fan, watching the game, is Dello a hold or a swap because he's afraid that when the big big crock comes to town in week <laughs> three, there's uh, going to be a blank for Dello. Um, yeah. I think that he's probably – I think he's mentioned that he, he could go down to Patterson. I actually don't mind that because evidence fixtures now for a few weeks aren't too bad and you obviously only got to pay Patterson if you need to play him and, you know, he looked has good attacking upside, so – yeah, and Dello after his performance defensively on the weekend, I'm not sure whether he's going to be nailed every week. Mm. I think it just depends on one who else he has in his side. Um, yeah. Without knowing his side, like for that fixture there, I'd just be benching Dello. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily be moving him on and then just playing him in the in the ideal fixtures. So if he's got like a setup where. Let's just, uh, for example, like a you know a Bailey in the midfield, or a, even a, a like a most of us have a uh, what's his name, Andreas? Is it Andreas? Yeah, uh, yeah, and Andreas in the midfield. Like I'll be playing uh, Andreas this week, like over Perisic, because again, I have some, or one they're playing Chelsea, but then two, um, I have concerns that Perisic is going to be starting on the bench again. So, and like Andreas has got a good fixture, so like most people probably aren't going to be playing Andreas this week. Uh, but uh, but he, he, as I said, he's got a decent fixture and he's, you know, on everything. So, like, he's probably going to score some points this week. So, if, I don't know, I know I didn't mention him in the differential because he's not a differential because I think he's owned by about 50% of the of FPL. But um, he's probably, got, he is a differential per se because, most people are going to be playing playing him on the or playing him on the bench, so yeah. he's probably one that will pick up some points this week. No, definitely. I think it's more of a fifty-fifty decision for me, either him or Bailey. So yeah, and not, that's and that's going to be hard. Yeah, not fully sold, but I am. We are doing the watch along um, for the Everton and Villa game, so I might even put Bailey in just so yeah. I have someone to cheer for. <laughs> during that's, the watch fair, that's fair enough. Well, we might get onto just our team plan. The thing I've already mentioned it. I yeah. did the uh, the Kane to ha- uh, Kane to Hallen pretty much after full time in the City game um, as planned, just because I was going to take maybe a hat trick or a double from Kane to kind of um, make me second guess it. But with Kane's performance, it kind of made it a lot easier uh, to jump across. But and I'm thinking of going the captain Salah this week. I could mm. see them against Palace doing a bit of damage. And, you know, Haaland's a great option this week, but I'm just thinking, looking at Salah, I think they want to come out of the gates firing this week after what I think was a disappointing performance from uh, Liverpool on the weekend. What about you, Damo? Yeah, so I, as I've sort of mentioned um, earlier, I'm not making any moves this week. I will be rolling the transfer and uh, then having the two to... Um, have a look at for game week three. Um, yeah, as as you sort of said, in terms of touching on captaincies, I think the captaincy really comes down to Salah or Haaland this week. Uh, I think Haaland playing Bournemouth, um, not sorry, Haaland, um, City are playing Bournemouth. So 
Um, there could be goals in that one for City. Uh, it's going to be tough for those of you who have Salah and Haaland. Like, obviously, I've got, I don't have Haaland, so I'll be going Salah. But, um, yeah, it'll be, I think it's going to be interesting where the template sort of lands in terms of captaincy this week. So, because I, I, see, I almost think it's going to be a bit of 50-50 if I'm, if I'm... Yeah, I think it's a nice yeah. 50-50 decision. I just think that Salah mm-hmm. and Liverpool were... You would say a little bit underwhelming week one, mm. so, and dropping points. I think yeah. they're gonna want to make a bit of a statement. And, and yeah, Crystal and Palace I'll... didn't look great defensively. Yeah. They still conceded a lot of chances to Arsenal. Yeah, I oh, was it Palace or is it Bournemouth? I think they play Bournemouth. No, um, Liverpool play Palace and uh, oh, okay, City yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, fair enough. Uh, and I'll probably be watching that City game hiding behind my couch. So. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be hoping for a nil-nil uh, draw, <laughs> which yep. is probably possible. And then possible. three bonus for Cancelo. <laughs> yeah, exactly right, exactly right. Well, that wraps up our pod for this week. It was nice to have you back, Damo, mate. It's been no, a while, you. so, you know, you're my favourite uh, West Ham supporter in the whole wide world, so. Yeah, you, you, I'm probably the only West Ham supporter you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 100%, mate. It still, still counts, mate. I still, my gesture's still genuine. Um, mm-hmm. For all that stuff, head over to our Twitter, FPL underscore amateur underscore odds. For all the demos content, head over to FPL West Ham. Uh, head over to Facebook. Um, check out our Facebook group. We're starting to build a nice little community on there. I've got my link tree at the top of our page, which will uh, show you all the links to our website and all of our socials and podcast links. And um, uh, before we go, maybe we should uh, mention, and I'll just pull it up, The if anyone hasn't joined our, uh, what is it called, FPL League, uh, it is uh, M87JQR. So if you're not already in, um, jump in. It's a bit of fun and obviously going to have some prizes uh, thanks to our sponsor. So, uh, yeah, make sure you uh, make sure you do that. Yep, no, definitely. And keep your ears peeled because, fingers crossed, uh, in the near future, we might have some nice little sort of presents to give out and prizes that are going to be a bit spontaneous. I'm just waiting to get the the go-ahead from uh, my sponsor. But, um, yeah, even if you just want to join for a bit of fun also, there's a lot of banter in our league. You know, a lot of a lot of the podcast regulars are in it. So, you know, there's a nice little bit of banter going on. So, and you know you you can see if you can beat me in demo might be a bit harder to beat me but um and, definitely uh, might be able to pick uh, demo off mate the, the <laughs> low lying fruit they say and the for those for those who want to um watch the watch along uh it would be on um is it uh, Matt Day's page FPL uh, Matt Day on yes, uh, on YouTube be, yeah yeah so, yes. so look up Matt Day's YouTube channel um doing the watch along uh we're trying to work out how to co-stream it, so it'll be on my YouTube channel as well. But um, definitely tune in. It's a bit of laugh, uh, some banter. Feel free to get involved. Um, you know, the, the floors are open for whatever. Um, and Damo, we're going to yeah, be getting Damo I'll, on I'll have to go, I'll have to jump on at some stage. Or maybe even this weekend. I'll see how uh, how it goes. And, yeah, it should be, should be a laugh. No, definitely. And, um also check out um, our socials over the 
the next coming days because I'll be doing a de- another deadline stream with Matt Day as well uh, on Friday heading into Saturday's fixtures. Um, everyone, good luck this week. Try not to knee-jerk too much, but um, just remember you set your teams out week one. Give them a couple of weeks and uh, then sort of make some changes. I think that, you know, you're pretty confident in your team that you picked and um, I think just, you know, have a bit of faith in